Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Live Mic Podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are bringing it to you again, talking about the live mic, talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' next opponent, that one being the Cincinnati Bengals, on the heels of that crushing loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, I know it's hard to find a little bit of positives right now, but that's exactly what we're going to do on today's show. We always look ahead to the next opponent and figure out some positives and why the Pittsburgh Steelers will be victorious against the Cincinnati Bengals. First and foremost, looking at this week's matchup, the, I think the most important thing to keep in mind is the Pittsburgh Steelers should be considerably healthier this week against the Bengals than what they were against the Vegas Raiders. Now, the problem was with last week's game, and one of the reasons why we were so positive is there wasn't all these kind of factors weighing against the Steelers. We didn't know about these injuries until Friday, and then they continued to leak through into Saturday or Sunday, excuse me afternoon when the Steelers and Raiders eventually played on the positive side here Joe Hayden Devin Bush and even TJ Watt are all expected to be back uh it kind of sounds like all three should be back in a role that's uh what they're used to playing a hundred percent of the snaps we will of course see those statuses kind of go on throughout the entire week so yes we may want to hold our breath right now but 
on the surface, the Pittsburgh Steelers will be healthier when they head into uh, this matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. The second thing that I think is extremely important here to throw out is that Joe Burrow was rattled the last time the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, faced off against him in that one and only matchup before he had that horrific knee injury a year ago. And on top of that, the Bengals' offensive line woes are still there. Uh, Joe Burrow was relentlessly uh, beat up a week ago by the Chicago Bears. Of course, uh, pick sixing him, uh, just taking interception off interception of Joe Burrow. Uh, Everything just doesn't seem quite right with Cincinnati. And until they fix their offensive line, I anticipate that continuing to be the status quo. Getting T.J. Watt back in the lineup, having Cam Hayward, of course, doing what he's been able to do these first couple weeks. Melvin Ingram, we've seen him make a huge impact for the Steelers. And, of course, Alex Highsmith, who's applied some pretty good pressure uh, on his part as well. This Steelers front seven should be able to wreak havoc in that backfield. Rattle Joe Burrow once again, continue to get him off his game throwing those interceptions, which is something he did uh, quite often when he was in the lineup, of course. Of course, the Steelers did fall to the Bengals uh, late last season. Uh, I can't even remember that quarterback's name. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Uh, but, of course, the Steelers losing to their backup quarterback uh, a year ago. It was a, it was a tough pill to swallow, one of the worst games I think I've ever seen the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger play. But, thankfully, they're not in Cincinnati. It is not the freezing cold of winter. It is at Heinz Field, and they'll be able to kind of take a breath, relax a little bit. They have to play the game, first and foremost. They have to play their game and not do what they did against the Vegas Raiders. But everything is there for the taking. Like I mentioned, this pass rush should be able to wreak a little bit of havoc in the backfield. And what that should lead to is uh, the Steelers linebackers and their secondary being able to force some turnovers. Uh, The Steelers, of course, have not had an interception yet on this young season. Two games in zero interceptions. uh, Nothing for Joe Hayden, nothing for Minka Fitzpatrick. Same goes for Cam Sutton. Uh, The list goes on. I kind of anticipate that uh, streak coming to an end in this game. We know of course how good the Steelers defense is so smacking Joe Burrow around a little bit should uh, kind of lead to some of those turnovers that we really haven't seen despite how good the defense has played so kind of anticipating uh, on that level where the defense defensive players make some plays fly around get the ball back and let the offense uh, play with a little bit less kind of uh kind of field better field position is basically what I'm trying to say be able to move the ball um, shorter distances because we know how much the Steelers offense has struggled two weeks into the year uh, past that defensively I, I think there's a, a quite a few things the Steelers will be able to do and continue their success against uh, the Bengals, which we've seen in recent years. Uh, first and foremost, uh, pass the pass rushers, pass the defensive backs being able to turn, uh, turn bad throws into uh, turnovers. I just think the Steelers match up well against the receivers and tight ends and running backs uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. Do I anticipate them to be able to mismatch them and dominate them physically? Obviously not. This is the NFL. Players are all up to the same level, the same standard. But for this game specifically, I just kind of like how the Steelers defensive backs line up with the Bengals receivers and, of course, Joe Mixon out of the backfield. 
Bengals really don't have that big play tight end that you have to worry about. They have three really good receivers, and Tyler Boyd usually uh, plays pretty well against the Steelers. T. Higgins has never really done anything against this team. Uh, Jamar Chase, of course, is kind of the new wrinkle, but he's not kind of set the world on fire by any means. I think the Steelers have the manpower to slow down uh, this receiving core, this tight end group, and uh, the guys like Joe Mixon they have in the backfield. There just really isn't anything completely jumping off the paper that uh, worries me uh, about this Bengals offense heading into this game, especially because how weak their offensive line is and how little time Joe Burrow should realistically expect to have in that pocket, especially if T.J. Watt gets healthy. Gosh, do we need him to be healthy. Um, kind of flipping things over to, to the other side of the football now and where these Steelers' offense can find some success against the Bengals. I, first and foremost... I don't think the Bengals have a very good defense. Uh, Of course, this will be Mike Hilton's homecoming. But aside from that, there really isn't crazy talent around. Uh, Jesse Bates is an unbelievable safety to give him his credit. Uh, Arguably the best in the league, but playing for the team he plays on, he's not going to kind of get that that amount of love that he probably does deserve. But aside from those guys, there really isn't too many things that are jumping off the paper. Of course, they got uh, Hendrickson now uh, rushing the passer instead of Carl Lawson. Uh, not, nothing too impressive when you look over at their side of the football. So where really the Steelers can find some success, really they can look at uh, those corners that the the Bengals have, and really they can look at their own uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler, Mike Hilton, who I mentioned a little bit earlier. We know his struggles in the pass game, and the Bengals have thrown him out there in that kind of more kind of pass defender type role, not not a pass rusher, uh, someone who's trying to be in coverage. I've seen him a number of times now getting burnt over the top, something he struggled a bit with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why he was primarily a blitzer or a a player that uh, just played in the more physical areas. Uh, The Bengals, until they kind of do that full-time with him, he has his warts, and the Steelers will be able to take advantage of him, especially if he's in the slot. All of a sudden, you you look at Juju Smith-Schuster, who's quite a bit taller than him, uh, and you look at these big tight ends. This should be the the coming out party for Pat Fryermuth. There really isn't anyone on that Bengals defense that matches up well with the tight ends, let alone Eric Ebron. But I think this is the game that Pat Fryermuth, of course, he had his four targets, four receptions in that game against the Raiders. At one target, one reception against the Bills. When the ball's gone his way, he's caught it 100% of the time. So... From that perspective, I kind of see this being a big week for the tight ends and Pat Fryermuth specifically. Everything is just lining up very, very well for Pat Fryermuth to have a big day. I want to tell you that Najee Harris will uh, come out and blow the barn doors off this defense and put up 100 yards himself, but I cannot possibly do that yet until this offensive line can show me something. I know this is the, the kind of a, the positive look at the week to come, but there really is, it's hard to list positives about how the offensive line has played through uh, two weeks through this season. Uh, they've been able to hold their own in pass pro, and they've done, they've done some good things, but really as a whole, the group just has not been good enough. And and that's one of the reasons why Najee Harris has struggled to kind of uh, to kind of break out. He's had some nice, decent chunk runs, but really, it's they're few and far between. You can you can see Harris's t- 
talent uh, on the field, it, it, it's obvious when he's out there, he's able to make these plays on his own sometimes. If he had a good offensive line, Najee Harris might be one of the best, if not the best running back in football. You can see it every time the ball's in his hands. He is just looking to make something great out of every touch but there's only so much you can do especially when you are when you have to break two or three tackles before the line of scrimmage just to make it back to the line of scrimmage by that point the linebackers are already there in your face the, the secondary started to collapse and come down in the box everything has just been going against Najee Harris having that kind of big breakout performance and the offensive line until they can prove they can do it week in week out I, I have a hard time uh, foreseeing Najee Harris having that amazing game that we all have kind of anticipated already seeing to this point. He is a talent, though. Don't give up on Najee Harris. <laughs> this is by far not his problem. Uh, the Steelers have the right back. They just don't have the right guys blocking in front of him. So until they get to that point, we're going to have to hold our breath and just uh, just hope Najee uh, can stay healthy and uh, the Steelers can get the right guys around him or get the guys that are there going and uh, have a, a couple uh, couple good weeks for him, try to get uh, his feet underneath him and make him that uh, elite back that we really know he can be. He just needs to uh, get that opportunity to do it on the field. Past that, we can look at uh, the, the man that's been handing him the ball, one Mr. Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. I have not been super high on Big Ben uh, after that Raiders game. He just, it, it seems like he, he might be at the end of his rope to a degree. And the reason why I say this is because he still has put up some decent stats. Uh, for me, watching a whole lot of football this past weekend, watching a bunch of the games, having a few screens going at a time, watching the primetime games, I, I've, watched, I've consumed a lot of football over the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that is very obvious is how easy it is for teams to methodically move the football down the field. The rules are all set up for the offense to, to be very successful. We've seen Justin Herbert and Matt Stafford and all these guys just throwing the ball deep at will. And we haven't seen that from Ben Roethlisberger. He, he just seems to be a, a little bit behind. I think a, a decent chunk of that is kind of credited to the offensive line struggles and Ben's. The reason why he continues to throw the ball away quick is uh, you can point the figure, finger to that unit. And that's one of the tough things when evaluating Ben Roethlisberger because, yes, he's, sta- he's been standing in the pocket longer. He's been taking some heavy, heavy hits. But when you watch games like the Chargers or the Rams do their thing out in the field and move the ball at will, or the Ravens and the Chiefs, or heck, even the Cleveland Browns, we're watching all these other teams do a bunch of very, very good things on the field. And then when you watch the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's just stall after stall after stall. There is a problem with the offense that needs to be fixed. How they do that, I think at this point it might be more personnel than it is scheme. Uh, and if it really is Ben Roethlisberger being the problem, then it's just simply not going to be fixed until he, I guess until the offseason when they have another opportunity to bring in a different quarterback. Could this be an overreaction? Possibly. Ben Roethlisberger, he's... He's made some pretty good throws. He's made some good decisions. He's also made some boneheaded decisions. But it's something that the Steelers' uh, number one QB has done his entire career. The problem is, with his advanced age now and the amount of years he's played in the league, that's going to start uh, weighing heavy, heavy, more and more heavy by the week. Uh, people are just ready to throw in the towel on old Benjamin Todd. 
but we will see uh, where this all takes us as the weeks go on. Uh, We are right up against the first half of our show, so we're going to flip over to a quick break and be back with more live mic action in just a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. fans it is time for the second half of the live mic podcast once again my name is michael beck um if you like my content of course you can uh, read it uh, in the written form at uh, behind the steel curtain.com or any of the podcasts i feature on including uh, the friday's uh, let's ride with jeff hartman uh the show let's ride uh wednesday night recording uh, of uh, know your enemy or the mike tomlin uh, post game press conference breakdown if you're a fan of any of my work and you want to join the conversation you can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. I love interacting with each and every one of you, uh, and I appreciate all the support you've given me over uh, the weeks and months, really, and really years at this point that I've uh, been able to help out with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We love doing it for you, and we love making you content. So if you want to join the conversation again, uh, you can find me on Twitter at MichaelBeck56. But continuing today's conversation on the Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals, uh, of course, uh, gave you some reasons why we should be positive uh, and really I guess a couple why we should be negative uh, of the Pittsburgh Steelers game against the uh, excuse me the Cincinnati Bengals which is coming up uh, very shortly here Sunday afternoon game once again the first AFC North matchup of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers I'm going to give you some names of guys that need to perform better which really I I think after the the game against the Vegas Raiders we could point to a a number of names but uh, these ones in particular need to step up their game uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers to find some success moving forward and having success in this game. Of course, I talked a ton about Ben Roethlisberger. Of course, uh, Big Ben, uh, he's the guy. The Steelers are going to go as far as Big Ben takes him. We know how good this defense is. We know how good the receivers are, the tight ends are, the running back is. Right now, it comes down to what Ben and the offensive line can do. If they can figure it out, Seriously, if, once again, I need to repeat this. If they can figure it out, those six guys, whoever they are on the field, and Ben Roethlisberger can get it going, there's no reason why this isn't a championship-caliber team. They have the elite defense. They have a laundry list of offensive skill players that will rival any team, especially depth-wise. It, you really can't pick other teams around the NFL and say they have better skill players. Heck, you can throw the Chiefs in there. The Chiefs really only have one amazing receiver, one amazing tight end, and then some good players. The Steelers have more depth than that. 
at these positions. Ben has a lot of weapons at his disposal, so if those six guys can get going, but first and foremost, let's just focus on Ben Roethlisberger. If he can avoid those boneheaded mistakes, uh, if, if he can on third down just try to push the ball down the field rather than hitting those crossing routes, he could he could be something legitimately serious for this team. He could be a threat. I'm not talking league MVP, which I know was kind of the talk of the town before the season. It kind of got me, probably got me a little bit too excited as well as many Pittsburgh Steelers fans, of course, did. But uh, in terms of this team here, if Ben Roethlisberger can just play above average football, if he can make the right decisions, push the ball on those possession downs, as Mike Tomlin likes to call them, they will be fine and they will be a very, very good team here in 2021. Moving up to the offensive line, I think Dan Moore Jr. has uh, kind of taken a slight step backward. Team's kind of figuring out what his kind of weaknesses are. He wasn't amazing by any stretch against Vegas, but if he can just play like how he did in the preseason and in week one, I think the Steelers will be fine at left tackle. And I think that's a role he probably never gives up. I'm, I'm, I'm very much on that side of belief. Uh, I think uh, Dan Moore can be a guy. Kevin Dotson's been fine. I have no complaints about Dotson. Kendrick Green right now, he's getting his lumps, but then he's giving them. He's the, the aggressor. He's the agitator. But then at times you can still see he's a third round pick rookie that can struggle every now and then. He just needs to be more consistent. Um, there's definitely a leakage coming throughout the offensive line. Uh, you can see it in the run game. He, he is definitely an aggressor. He's the guy that is the hammer, not the nail, as so many football coaches have uh, preached over the years. He is that guy, but he just needs to put it together. It's a, very, it's a pretty tall task to ask for a rookie uh, that didn't have the, the most amazing skill in the world. Uh, he wasn't that blockbuster player that everyone desperately wanted as their center prospect, but he does have that uh, aggressiveness that you just don't find uh, coming off the street. You don't find those players too often anymore in the NFL. Kendrick Green has that. Now he just needs to channel it with all his other, all the other techniques and uh, the, the running the right plays, getting the guys in the right double teams, working to the right linebackers. If he can do that, he will be a great center. That's exactly what Marquise Pouncey was able to do. But Pouncey was able to do it a whole heck of a lot sooner than Kendrick Green. But there's a difference between a top 20 pick and a third rounder. That's kind of my soapbox on that. At right guard, I, I think we need to see more out of Trey Turner. He's also been in, inconsistent up and down. I think it's the right side of this offensive line has really kind of been the trouble spot. Chooks at core four definitely struggles more at right tackle, which is unfortunate because I think he would have been a better left tackle. But the way everything's going, when Zach Banner's healthy, which I kind of anticipate after these three weeks are up, he will step back in the lineup. I kind of see a core four kind of slipping back as that third tackle with Banner going right back into that right tackle spot. That's just kind of the way I see things shaking up there. So maybe the offense line gets a little bit of a bump when Zach Banner comes back, but we need Chooks and Trey Turner to step up and play better football. Outside of that, the only other person I kind of want to point at on offense is Chase Claypool. Uh, he has unbelievable talent. He is—he can do so many things on a football field that only a handful of players in the world can do. 
The only thing is he's been getting these deep targets, he's been getting these jump balls, and more often than not, he is not coming down with them despite putting himself in position to catch the ball really nine times out of ten. Ben has been putting these uh, passes in spots where really only Chase can go up and get them. He's getting to those areas, but he's not coming down with the football. I think he's really only done it twice in these two games, despite being targeted on those kind of deeper routes probably about eight times down these two games combined. Chase, if he, if he can haul in more than 50% of these, these the Steelers' offense starts cooking. All of a sudden, you have a, a 40-yard uh, gain every quarter. That's the difference maker. That's what uh, great receivers in the past were able to do for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Think of the amount of times that Antonio Brown was able to, to change the field or Santonio Holmes before him or Mike Wallace in between them. Uh, there's just been so many great receivers that have been able to just move, move the chains, flip the field. Claypool has that ability. He has it in a different skill set than really any receiver that Ben's probably had since Plaxico Burris, really. But he just hasn't put it together yet. He has the potential. He just needs to do it. Defensively, it really is hard to point the finger at any one player because the the amount of injuries we've seen from this team uh, against uh, Vegas and the Steelers were bloody unbelievable against the Buffalo Bills. So really to point the finger at anyone would be kind of unfair. Uh, I guess if James Pierre is going to get the start again, though, I don't think he was very good. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played a ton in his career, but that was definitely the, the weakest game he's played. Uh, Akello Witherspoon, of course, he's only been in the system for a week, but the only play I really noticed him on was that Henry Ruggs deep touchdown, which, I mean, it's hard to fault any DB getting ran past by the fastest player in football. It, it just, it's going to happen, but uh, that's the only play I noticed him on. Not great stuff. So the other corners need to get going. I think Cam Sutton has uh, played very well for himself. So perhaps Joe Hayden getting healthy is just the, the answer to that. We'll just, I guess we'll have to wait and see on his status. But things are trending in the right direction. Uh, I, I guess we could also point the finger out to a degree at Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, he's supposed to be the best safety in football. Uh, that's what we hype him out up to be year in, year out. He needs to be more of a playmaker. Um, he is that guy. I know teams want to avoid him, but he really hasn't done the amazing yet, which we've kind of grown accustomed to. Uh, maybe that just might be expecting too much from a player, but someone who wants to be the highest played player at his position and someone that is viewed as kind of a top safety, he needs to be able to to do just that. I guess that kind of goes hand in hand with Trey Norwood, who's kind of been that slot corner slash free safety and lets Minka kind of move around a little bit. Norwood has been good uh, on that Henry Ruggs touchdown I mentioned earlier. Norwood was on a blitz and kind of kind of jogged to the quarterback. It didn't look like he went on a full sprint direct to Derek Carr. If he did that, I don't think the ball gets anywhere close to Henry Ruggs. Uh, I just want to see Norwood tied all together. Yes, he's a seventh round pick and it's asking a lot, but the Steelers are asking a lot from him, making him a starter this early in his career. So really, that's that's a very big one uh, in terms of uh, what he's able to do uh, and what Minka Fitzpatrick can do if Trey Norwood kind of uh, starts getting it together. Uh, perhaps not getting him in more of those blitz situations because I don't think he's very comfortable with it. But if you're going to call those blitzes, he needs to uh, have that 100% effort, 100% of the time mentality. Uh, past that, there really isn't anyone else I want to point the finger at. I think Joe Schobert played very, very well for himself. I know some people might tell you differently, but him being one-on-one on Darren Waller is just an unfortunate matchup at the end of the game there. Uh, I would say that's more... Uh 
that's more scheme than Schobert. Schobert's a great coverage linebacker, but Darren Waller is arguably a top three target in the NFL. He's one of those guys you can't stop one-on-one with anybody. Uh, just having him one-on-one without safety help, Schobert was put in a brutal spot. I think he's been good. I'd love to see Devin Bush get healthy again. I think Spillane played very, very well for himself against the Raiders. He was hitting everyone, and he's hitting them with force, which is exactly what he needs to be when he's in the lineup. Uh, the D-line played very good despite the loss of uh, Tyson Alualu and Stefan Tuitt not being in the lineup. So these guys just need to continue these things along. Uh, heck, even Jameer Jones, I, th- I thought, played uh, pretty well for himself despite being an undrafted guy. He looked pretty good. So with all that said, we've, we've touched on uh, some positives, some negatives, and some guys that need to step up. So we're going to wrap up today's show. First and foremost, I want to thank you for tuning in. Secondly, I do need to remind you to click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Anything you could dream of is there on the websites from report cards and game grades to winners and losers to stats to, to videos to breakdown. You name it, it is available at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. So make sure you're checking out the website uh, everything uh, including breaking news and the latest on all these injuries too which I know is something that's going to be a very big uh, storyline throughout this week is who is going to be healthy the, the, the statuses of players at practice so behindthesealcurtain.com will have that information for you as soon as it uh, becomes available to us so once again check out the website uh, lastly I still want to remind you to check out the entire family behindthesealcurtain.com podcast 25 original titles coming at you each and every week 25 titles a week that's 100 a month if uh, if there's only a four week month seriously uh it is ridiculous the amount of content we're pumping up out to you so make sure you're uh, you're listening to it all because really if you're if you made it this far in my podcast i know you're a massive pittsburgh steelers fan and uh there's some other massive fans out there that want to get to get you that great content so check out uh the rest of the uh, behind the steel curtain.com family of podcasts uh once again thank you for tuning in to today's show if you want to continue this conversation with me online you can follow me on twitter at michael beck 56 send me a tweet we can uh, we can chit chat a little bit uh, once again thank you for tuning in uh, you've been listening to live mike and we'll catch you guys next week with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.